Hey, it's Kanzano. I appreciate you making this podcast part of your day. Make sure you subscribe if you want more and leave us some feedback. Away we go. Initialize sequence. Welcome to The Baldcast, a production of John Kanzano's Baldface Truth. Back to The Baldface Truth with John Kanzano on 750 The Game. Bill Shonley, the mayor of Rip City, legendary Blazers broadcaster. Uh, we are talking a lot about Sean's. You're hearing uh, Shonley tell stories from his various appearances on this show over the years. Uh, Michael Llewellyn is a vice president at the University of Portland in charge of marketing and communications. He was previously with the Trailblazers organization, and he worked closely with Bill Shonley on some projects. You got a chance to know him very well in that capacity as a friend and co-worker. Llewellyn joining us now. Uh, how are you, Michael? John, it's uh, it's good to hear your voice. Uh, I, I certainly wish it was not this kind of occasion, but uh, but uh, Bill deserves every accolade we give him. When, when you know, I, I try to tell somebody from another city over the weekend what Sean Lee represented to Portland. And I had a hard time because I was I said, you know, I don't know of many cities who have this kind of character who really did feel like the best friend of a city. How would you tell somebody or how would you describe Bill Sean Lee to an outsider? He was a living, breathing, walking, talking trailblazer legend. And he was with the organization, John, for 50 years. So the the rarity of Bill being not only on the air for as long as he was as a broadcaster, but then being one of our Trailblazer ambassadors for the number of years that, that he was, uh, we were very fortunate. We were very fortunate not only that he was with the franchise that long, but for the kind of character, the kind of gentleman, and I use the word gentleman in capital letters, the kind of gentleman Bill Shonley was with every fan, every player, uh, every colleague he crossed paths with. When you uh, when you look at you know pro sports organizations, sometimes you know they lose their way. Sometimes they win on the court, they lose on the court. Bill Shonley was a was a fixture on that concourse. And I don't know about you, Michael, but I saw him over the years. Probably stopped for a thousand photos on the concourse. You got a chance to be around him and see people react to him. How did people react to Bill Shonley when you saw it? You know, I, I worked with Bill for uh, for my entire seven years with uh, the franchise, and I could always count on you know at least one or two days a week when uh, certainly when Bill was more mobile than he was during the latter years, him popping by the office or or, or calling. Uh, but it, it's a rare uh, talent, I think, and a rare skill to be personable and humanizing for everybody that you come in contact with, whether it's an older fan, a young fan, somebody who knows Bill, somebody that might be meeting Bill for the first time. I never saw him ever make anybody feel uncomfortable. You know, seeing him on the concourse, and as you and I would see from the press box right before the national anthem was sung at those home games, it wasn't unusual to see Bill there along the scorer's table and talking to the players. He might know some of the referees. He might know 
a coach or somebody from the other team. Uh, and some of Bill's contemporaries, you know, kept broadcasting uh, for many, many years, uh, long after Sean Lake uh, had stopped. You know, Al McCoy there in Phoenix. Al is in his 51st season now broadcasting for uh, for the Phoenix Suns. And, you know, Ralph Lawler, you know, Ralph Lawler called yeah. uh, L.A. Clippers games for 41 years. Bill occasionally would see one of his contemporaries. But uh, he was he was a, a rarity, a rarity for us. And uh, and like Harry Glickman, you know, he's going to he's going to be missed at, at every turn. Yeah, you hit on something there. You know, this is a franchise that has lost Kevin Duckworth and uh, Dale Schluter and Jerome Kersey and uh, and the founding father Harry Glickman and and Bill Shonley here in you know in pretty close succession with those two. Um, that's a lot of institutional knowledge and a lot of history and tent poles for the franchise that go away. And I think it, it's special that. A lot of Blazer fans today saw Harry Glickman at games and heard Bill Shonley calling games. I hope we don't lose that. I agree with you. There are certain things that should be part of a franchise's DNA, and sometimes that DNA can get disrupted if there's a change in ownership or or a change in the players or coaches or or even you know the philosophy. But Bill was that constant. And when Harry was with us, Harry was that constant and had been with the franchise from the very beginning. And, and the circle of life, it happens. It happens for all of us, and, and it will happen for all of us. And, and I think that's part of what's really tough uh, uh, for for Rip City as we, we come to grips with the fact that the mayor of, uh, of uh, Rip City is, uh, is, is gone. And, uh, but I, I think the legacy will, will last. Uh, there's a banner already hanging in the rafters of the Moda Center uh, in honor of Sean's. I've seen some things online. I know you've heard from a lot of fans uh, that want to see the franchise honor Sean's in some other visible ways. And uh, it's going to take some time for those kinds of things to to happen. But Bill was part of the Trailblazer DNA from the very beginning. And no matter which direction a franchise may have gone and shaped itself, good years and bad years, Sean's was a constant. And he was the one thing that every Blazer fan could count on. And, And now that spirit is gone. Michael Llewellyn with us, uh, seven years as the vice president with the Trailblazers, now at the University of Portland. Uh, I know you were instrumental in the Rip City license plates and, and in you know talking with the state legislature in 2015 and 2016. Uh, what was that process like and why was that important to you? Well, it was it was a lengthy process because in the in in those days, uh, every time a vanity plate, a specialty license plate, was created in Oregon, literally a bill had to be written and then passed through the Oregon legislature and signed by the governor into law for those plates to happen. So whether it's the Cultural Trust or a Pacific Wonderland or some of the other plates you've already seen, each one of those, including the Trailblazer plate, uh, carried with it its own legislation that uh, that brought it forward. Well, as part of working on the Trailblazer plate, and it took us three years to get it all the way through the process and all the way to production, um, one of our secret weapons <laughs> was Bill Shonley. <laughs> Uh, in, in taking Bill with us down to, to Salem and testify before some of those committees and some of those long-standing politicians down there were big fans of of, uh, of, of Sean's and, and he was instrumental with us. We were able to rewrite Oregon law with that bill that passed that authorized the Trailblazer license plate. Now it is no longer a legislative process. It is completely overseen now by the Oregon uh, Department of Motor Vehicles. Uh, uh, they oversee the entire process. It's very different now and 
the legislators who supported the Trailblazer plate were actually glad to see us have that stipulation built in. A lot of those great politicians hated year in and year out, session after session, having to decide which plate was yes and which plate uh, was uh, was was no. So we we changed that for the Oregon legislature. We got the Trailblazer license plate through, and and certainly thanks to Rip City fans all across the state. Uh, I heard earlier this year uh, that the plate has raised more than two million dollars in in funds that have gone to youth-oriented initiatives through the Trailblazer Foundation across the state. And Sean's helped us get it through, John. He helped us get it through. I know uh, I sat with him, you know, during the playoffs. I can't remember what year it was, but it was one of those years where the team uh, in the league had sort of gotten in the habit of, of giving the fans a T-shirt before the game. And, uh, you know, we, we walked into the arena, and there were red Rip City T-shirts folded and placed over the backs of every chair in the arena. And I, I sat with Sean's, and he put his arm around me, and he said, will you look at that? He was so proud of that. He said, you know, this is amazing. Um, did you get a sense from him on what it meant to him to get that plate in? And I know he had his own Rip City plate, but now, now other people can have one. Well, here, here's the funny thing about the Rip City plate, because as you've seen on the Trailblazer license plate, the word Rip City is on there, yeah. along with the, the Trailblazers, and it's in the colors, and it's got the pinwheel logo and all the things that, that make it uh, a branded element of the, of the franchise. But Bill's regular Oregon plates, you know, with the tree on it and all of that, said Rip City. Right. And uh, people stole that plate from Sean's wow. a couple of times. And uh, once during while I was working there, I think I was in maybe my fourth year with the Blazers, I get this phone call from Bill. He had just had lunch out in Lake Oswego, and he came out to that Cadillac, and one of those Rip City <laughs> plates was gone. And it's not like somebody was going to put the plate on their car, but you, clearly somebody had stolen it uh, as a memento, I, I guess. And uh, normally it takes an investigation in a very lengthy period of time to get those plates replaced. But uh, between the Lake Oswego Police Department and, and the, uh, the Clackamas County Sheriff's Department and then uh, working with the, uh, the Oregon with, with Oregon DMV and, and, and uh, others that we knew, and Dan Jarman, who was our, uh, our government affairs consultant at the time, we were able to fast-track Bill getting that plate replaced, but that used to just chap Sean's to no end, and I know of at least two times that it happened. I'm sure they were just pranksters and and, uh, and well-meaning individuals looking for souvenirs, but that just used to, used to just really upset Sean's, and he did lose that plate once during my seven years there, but we were able to places well he called me when that last one happened and he said that he was in and this is where i think you guys got involved because he said that dmv was saying you know if a plate's stolen they cancel it you can't just get a replacement and he was really upset about that so i think what you're talking about is the workaround that had happened after that and then he told me later he sent me a photo he had them bolted, Michael. He had them bolted to the bumper so that no nobody else could steal them after that. You're, you're right, John. It, it, it really is a, a, a process. and uh, uh, But I, I think it also, though, was a salute to the character and love uh, that the, the state of Oregon, not just the city of Portland, but the state of Oregon, uh, had for, uh, for, for Bill Shonley that we were able to, to uh, get the right people involved and, and, uh, and, and realize that this was, this was not a scam. You know, a legitimate yeah. license plate had been stolen for whatever reason and, uh, and getting, that, uh, getting that, that back going for, uh, for Sean's 
Woods, and and there were great stories in in, in working with Sean's. Uh, John, probably my favorite one actually happened in 2018. Uh, the uh, the Mid Valley Sports Awards uh, were happening in Salem, there at the Salem Convention Center. The, uh, your colleagues and, and contemporaries at the Statesman Journal were honoring high school athletes, and they had somehow gotten Clyde Drexler. Uh, to come back to the state of Oregon, and Clyde was going to be a keynote speaker for that event. So uh, uh, we bought a table down there, but it was at that point where Sean's wasn't driving long distances at night anymore. So I drove out to Charbonneau and uh, picked up Bill, and uh, and we drove to Salem. And I got a chance to listen to some of those very stories that he told you uh, as we're driving back and forth to Salem. But when we got to Salem, and even though Clyde Drexler and all that Clyde is and will be uh, for this franchise, uh, you would have thought that Bill was the main celebrity based upon how those fans reacted. And then Bill and Clyde getting a chance to spend some time together. And that was the 4th of June, 2018. And I'll never forget it because uh, I got a chance to uh, to have Sean's all to myself uh, driving down to Salem and then driving back. Let me ask you, uh, you know, before I cut you loose here, Michael, and I appreciate you making time in your day to, to, to help remember Bill Shonley, but what do you think it was about him that made, you know, we've, we've seen other broadcasters, right? You've seen other personalities. There were people that, you know, from the 70s and 80s and 90s, from the Blazers' history that were around, but nobody connected like Sean's. Why? What, what was it about him? John, I think Sean had a had a uniqueness for for understanding people, and he valued people. I think therein lies difference. A lot of times, uh, folks who reach those lofty perches, whether it's in sports, entertainment, or corporately, you know, they they can lose sight of the value of the, the human spirit. And 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 Bill knew all along that life is life is fleeting. You know, he's a military man. He traveled the world and and uh, seen some things in in his life. And you, you never know how long we're going to be on this planet. And uh, Bill made it a point to take uh, full advantage of uh, of every every uh, minute. But the thing about it, John, that I liked most is that Bill was sincere. He was sincere about it. He wasn't faking these conversations he was having with people and and uh, the the interactions with fans. He truly, truly cared for folks, and I think therein lies the difference. I mean, there's an authenticity to Bill Shonley that uh, I think is unique, and you don't see it very often. And, uh, you know, when we lost Harry, you know, we lost Harry in 2020, and we weren't able to honor Harry until July of 2022 because of COVID. But uh, uh, at least in this instance now, as we wait to hear what's going to happen, memorializing Sean's and the other, uh, and what may, may transpire, whether it's something at Moda Center, wherever they decide to do it, and they're going to need to do it in a big place because, you know, folks will turn out to honor Bill. But uh, I'm glad we won't have to wait like we did for, for Harry because uh, if it wasn't for Harry, the Blazers wouldn't be here. And if it wasn't for Harry, Bill Shonley never would have got here. And uh, those two are, are forever connected uh, to the history of this franchise. Michael Llewellyn, thank you. Thanks for uh, the stories and the smiles. I appreciate you. Thank you, John. There it is, Michael Llewellyn talking about the late Bill Shonley. Um, I love that. I love that. I love that we can get a glimpse into what it was like to be Bill Shonley's co-worker. Um, I asked Bill Shonley uh, once upon a time, uh, seven years ago, in fact, on this show, about the fans that he talks with on the concourse. I, I, I think I, like no exaggeration, saw him probably pose for a thousand pictures over the years. And sometimes you'd be walking with the Shons, just talking. And you'd realize, here comes a group of people, I better just keep walking, because uh, Bill Shonley's going to be there for a while. Here was Shonley talking about how it, how it changed over the years.
from autographs into photographs. You have a lot of people who come up to you in public and get pictures with you now. It's, has it changed from autographs to now pictures exclusively? It's mostly pictures anymore, yeah. Can I have your autograph? I mean, can I take your picture? Yeah, yeah. all these people, the selfies. It's, it's <laughs> incredible. You're always impeccably dressed, though. So I, I think that, yeah. you're Not the, today, I'm you're, not. The I'm pretty, that's pretty nicely dressed. He's got a button-up oh. shirt. He's got a, a sweater over the button-up shirt. He's got a polo jacket, Ralph Lauren jacket on. I mean, <laughs> this, is a, this is a nice, nicely it's a dressed man. It's a boy's jacket. That's not oh, a, it is? Uh, yeah. It looks like Ralph Lauren to me. <laughs> but you are a good dresser. Have you always been a good dresser? Oh, I try to be. Yeah. I I like to wear good clothes and look half decent when it, I can. Because radio people, in general, if you've looked around. I have. Slops. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. What is happening in this industry? Um, you've seen it change. The guys that's speaking yeah. to me right now, folks. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's in that category. Yes. <laughs> I have to see if my shoes match today. Yeah, I'm good. <laughs> Bill Shotley, the mayor of Rip City. How did he get the name, the mayor of Rip City? Well, it came on this radio show. Uh, we'll talk about it uh, coming up. You'll hear that story of Bill Shonley talks about it. Uh, I want you to leave it here. You got the bald-faced truth. We interrupt this broadcast with a special announcement from the bald Hey, sorry to interrupt the podcast, but if you want to listen to more of the bald-faced truth radio show, including more of this segment that you're listening to, make sure you subscribe on SoundCloud and iTunes to the bald-faced truth radio show. Thanks for listening.